sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Shine, sports fans. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, December 8th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. We'll try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. And, Kev, I'm starting to warm up to these Monday night doubleheaders. I love hmm. it. Gives me something to do. Gives me kind of more variance and opportunity in fantasy leagues and sports. Sports investing. There is a lot to discuss, including, Kev, the fact that Mercury Morris, Larry Zonker, and the rest of the 72 Dolphins got to finally pop the champagne. There will be no undefeated team in the NFL this season because the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the last team to hold that undefeated moniker, they go down in week 13 to the football team 23 to 17 in a battle of the top two choices for comeback player of the year alex smith salted away the award doing what he usually does 296 yards and a touchdown a lot of listen it's not gonna look dynamic if you remember alex smith with the kansas city chiefs with the san francisco 49ers he did not go over the top that's part of the reason why kansas city was like after going to the playoffs and getting to championship games, being like, you know what? We need to take that next step at quarterback. We need to get someone who is truly elite. And so they drafted Patrick Mahomes. So the ceiling could be a little bit higher, but this is what Alex Smith does. Nine catches to his tight end, Logan Thomas. 10 catches for his back, J.D. McKissick, out of the backfield. Kev, the Washington football team did this with... Antonio Gibson, their stud rookie, going down with Terry McLaurin, their number one wideout, I think, catching two balls. But it was enough to beat the number one defense in the league. Let's start with the football team, Kev. Good. I'd love to start with the football team. Here's the deal. The NFC least, we're done with that. No more. Not not around me. I'm not here in NFC least a single second more. The NFC East... Finishes the week with wins in Seattle, right, as a 10.5-point dog with a backup quarterback. And then Washington says, you know what? You know what, Giants? Not enough. Hold my beer. What do you say we go to Pittsburgh <laughs> and we go and take out the only unbeaten team in the league? Well, by the way, we were down 14-0. We were down 14-0. What do you say? And let's make it happen. Here's the deal. The Giants are still in first place. They're 5-7. and seven. They beat Washington Twice they will hold that tiebreaker the whole way. But guess what? Washington is now at five and seven. Same one game out of the wild card. Damn, the same record as the Niners that I was told is going to make this huge playoff run by many, many folks. I mean, the same record. Okay? And they are, as you said, a game out of the playoffs. There's no more NFC least. It's a legit possibility they send two teams to the playoffs. They probably won't. Odds say they won't. Hopefully, many, many moons ago, when we would talk about 
odds to make the playoffs and odds to win the NFC East. There was sometimes there was extra value on make the playoffs, and hopefully you kind of grab some of that up. But no more NFC least, Dane. I'm not doing it. This division has delivered. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. As we welcome in our radio audience, all of the affiliates, big shout out for getting up on the grid early with Kevin and I here on the early line. Kev, going into this week, I I was talking about what I called the anti-NFC East teaser. Okay, I was like 10 points in Seattle. Take it down to three. Seattle, no problem. With this game, with Pittsburgh at like eight, then seven, then six, take it down. No problem, right? I was also on like Green Bay. Take it down against Philly. No problem. With Baltimore tonight, take it down. No problem. I was literally on the four-team NFC least teaser, but they don't deserve to be called the NFC least anymore. As you described, the Giants are happy with what they they are doing winning games, thinking they have found their court, uh, their coach of the future. The concern for this is that they will be having, you know, another week or two until Daniel Jones comes back, just like any team who lost their starting quarterback would be in Washington. Now they have their running back down with a toe injury, but they have proven that with a game manager at quarterback who is a veteran can get the job done and seems to be healed and healthy with that defense of line that was giving Big Ben fits all game. It can happen. Those are two quality teams in the NFC East. So I agree with you that moniker should change. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh side of things here. It, you know, part of it, Kev, and I don't want to give them the excuse, okay? But... Part of them does feel this game did have a feeling of like last Wednesday's game for a little bit. Also, some of these other rescheduled games that look like a little bit like a Thursday night football game that just doesn't look like the best product. But the Pittsburgh Steelers lost. They straight up lost. That's not an excuse, right? Not at all. Big Ben throws for over 300 yards. I will say this, Kev. You know how much I think the run game is important. Without Connor, these Pittsburgh Steelers ran the ball 13 times for 21 yards in total and were up 14-0 and were not able to leverage that game script at all. Let's talk about about this a little bit more when we come back. What does this mean for Pittsburgh? What is not having James Conner? What does not having Bush and Dupree mean for this defense? We'll get into the Steelers side when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kev breaking down the fact that there are no more undefeated teams in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers go down. I submit this case for your review, Kev. I know the way we talk about run games, right? But a team was up 14-0. Their run game combined 13 carries for 21 yards. I'm not saying the game, I'm not saying the Steelers would have won, but it might have been really nice to have James Conner for part of this game flow. I'm not saying 
saying it's the reason, but yet another example, when the run game isn't there, all of a sudden the offense looks dramatically different, Kev. So this is the thing. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff here. Let's just get this out of the way to the best of our ability. Dane, you, like the Steelers have been doing yeah. this for years they lose a running back, they just plug a different one in, and it makes no difference. And they've done that with James Conner a hundred they, they did it week one. Week one, James Conner left injured and Benny Snell ripped off a hundred against the Giants. No problem. Yeah. There was no worries about Benny Snell last week. The thing is, they weren't even running the football. They're just throwing it on every single play. They're, this is their new identity, is, is that they're do a short passing game that is the equivalent of a run game. Big Ben threw the ball 53 times in a pro-run game script. They just don't right. run the football. So this is not because of James Conner, because he was doing this even when but James Conner was there. But you think they want to run the football? I mean, you think they want to throw 53 times? Yeah. Or do you think that I, that's part of what they need to do because they don't have that element? No, it's, it's what they are choosing to do, whether they trust the run game wholly or not. But Dane, like James Conner was not putting up these numbers, and now James Conner's gone and things have changed. Like... Big James Ben Conner was putting up these numbers. He was like one of the three backs in the NFL that got to this area all the time. Him, Derrick Henry, and Josh Jacobs. We literally said the stat a couple of weeks ago. Like, he was doing that. Dane, since the Dallas game, right, Big Ben's pass attempts. 42, okay. 46, 46, 51, 53. How many of those games were they in a bad game script where you can justify that? The Dallas game? I mean, through the ball 46 times back to back against Cincinnati and Jacksonville. This is an active decision from this football team to play this way. And that and and that I mean, against that Bengals team, James Conner went 13 for 36 on the ground. One of the worst run defenses in football in Pittsburgh worked won 36 to 10. This is not about James Conner being absent. It's not. It's okay, about, so it's what about do you attribute team. to? What is it about? They haven't played a good football game since the first go-around with Baltimore, maybe? If you thought that was a good performance, I personally did, and I was a bit lower on the performance. I would say since the first half of football against the Tennessee Titans. They've not been impressive in a long time. And it's it's funny, but the bottom is kind of starting to fall out because for a lot of people, I think, Dane, they have they've seen these unimpressive Pittsburgh performances, right? But there's only so much you can say against a team that has a zero at the back end that deep into the year. But now, I mean, yesterday was a free-for-all. It was like everybody was unchained and allowed to say everything they thought from complete frauds, first-round exit, hardly good at all. People were talking about, can the Browns win this division was a conversation that was starting to be had. I'm not pushing the envelope that far, but you know how I have felt about this Steelers team the whole way. And again, last week they were unimpressive. And I understood putting that to the side. Here we are again, unimpressive. Now they're going to play a Sunday nighter in Buffalo. If they lose that game, nobody is going to buy the Steelers. You and I both know that. Is that fair? It's going to be up to the eye of the beholder. 
Okay, fair enough. But let's 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 so help me then diagnose it. You dismiss my claims of the value of the run game, right? The other thing I mentioned is that they are starting to get very banged up on defense. Remember, they lost mm -hmm. Bush about a month, a month and a half ago, what have you. I, I remember saying after the Wednesday game last week, it was like we could draw a line through this game, but I said the one thing that was very important was that they lost Bud Dupree, and I would like to see the impact of that. There was a point in this game where Minka Fitzpatrick left the game. I believe he came back and missed only a series or two. But at some point, Kev, these, you know, these dings really do matter. I mean, Bush and Dupree have to have a cumulative effect. I think this defense is still good, Kev. Mm -hmm. I think this team still is good. I think the Steelers can lose again. Maybe Buffalo will get them. Maybe Indy will get them, right? But, but even if that happens, Kev, we're talking about a team that's, you know, 12 and 4, 13 and 3, and still an AFC contender. I think we have to be all relative, right? Even mm -hmm. if they still lose, right? What does that mean? All of a sudden, I'm not saying that, you know, the the Colts or the Raiders are better than them. I think, you know, as we kind of say, fine, they're not undefeated. We never thought they were going undefeated. How far are you trying, not trying, how far are you dropping them though right it's like hey a team loses in the ap poll how far are you dropping them because i don't know that i drop them that far i'm so i have me, concerns right that i want to see right yeah. whether it be on their defensive side whether it be for me if connor can bring back the balance of the run game right there's things that i'm starting to wonder and get concerned about but they're still a a, a, a top level afc team right well so this is the thing, the, the AFC, I told you yesterday we had this, I, it was all tiered, right? The tier the Chiefs thing, yeah. were, were on their own tier to themselves, right? And that was one of the reasons that I was always very, very harsh on Pittsburgh. It's kind of, it, there was a long time ago where I used to be very, very hard on Steph Curry. But it was because people were saying he was better than LeBron. So if people are going to say that, then so we're going to have to So let's throw the Chiefs out. Let's throw the Chiefs out. We all exactly. the Chiefs are amazing, right? So, Without so we Kansas were, City involved, where yeah. do you have them in the AFC? Right? I, like, I aren't view, they tier one? Sans the Chiefs in the AFC still. So I would I view the Steelers as a team that can be had by pretty much anybody that's going to make the playoffs in the AFC. In and and that's the thing about this entire NFL season to be to be quite honest outside if, if it was not for the Chiefs I think I could submit to you 12 teams that I think could win the Super Bowl and instead I think there's only one team that could win the Super Bowl and Pittsburgh is unquestionably a part of that group but I also view Pittsburgh as a team. So then what else is there really to say, though, then, Kev? Right? Like, well, if well, they Dane, were one of those a, teams, they still are one of those teams. Right. But Let's see what happens far, on a random Sunday or Saturday in mid-January, no? But it's but it's a far – there's a big gap between people thinking that they – for some people who think, oh, I think they could beat Kansas City, and I think that they might not win a playoff game. And – I am on the other side of that coin. Now, I don't know if for you, you view the AFC as jumbled as I do, and you can simultaneously think both of those things are true, which is interesting, right? I, I, that is why I made the point about Bud Dupree so strongly, um, because I believe that part of the reason the Steelers could have beaten anybody and i would have loved to have seen him against patrick mahomes is because of that element 
right, of Watt and Dupree getting pressure. Any team who's going to have to beat Kansas City will undoubtedly have to make Mahomes uncomfortable. Will Mahomes make those crazy plays, right, sidearm rolling out? Maybe, but if you want a chance, you're going to have to make him uncomfortable. I saw Pittsburgh as one of the teams who had the arsenal to do that. Maybe keep up with them on a not elite but good fantasy herd. We've seen you. We know all those players and could make Patty uncomfortable. That's why Bud Dupree and the loss of him for me is so effing huge, Kev, because he takes away that one piece that would have been a main piece of any argument that could have been made, you know? So for me, I literally think Dupree is the difference between I'd like to see how it looks against Kansas city to now more like what you're saying in that tier with other teams that are going to have to get lucky on a random day in January to actually make it anybody, but Patty Mahomes getting back to the Super Bowl. There's some other teams that can do that too, but I thought the Steelers had a distinguishing factor that I no longer think they have. I hope that nuance makes sense. We keep talking about Monday Night Football and the AFC when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here, getting the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout-out to all the affiliates who are doing so to get the edge from Dane and Kevin and put the fun and functional sport content right here, bright and early in the morning on the early line. Kev, we had two Monday night football games last night, and this is the originally scheduled one, although I say that with a grain of salt, too, because it was originally scheduled for Santa Clara, and it's played in Glendale, Arizona. The Buffalo Bills return to the scene of the Hail Mary, and they get the job done, Kev. They beat the San Francisco 49ers 34-24. to I would remind people that this Bills team that is 9-3, if they did not suffer the Hail Mary on that field a few weeks ago, they would be 10-2, and and we'd be talking about this team only one game back of the Chiefs and the Steelers now for like a bye in the AFC, but D-Hop did catch that ball the buffalo bills did come back and look very impressive in a Mm -hmm. win you saw josh allen get the love from our graphics department and it is well deserved 375 yards passing four touchdowns and he goes like 75 percent completion percentage 32 out of 40 i think that is a huge deal as well um don't look now, but the Bills are 9-3. and three. The Bills are taking care of business. Their loss was to Arizona and the Hail Mary. They lost to Kansas City in a crazy rescheduled odd kind of game. Kev, don't let Gabe Morency hear us say this, but the hmm. Bills are for real. It was a great performance from Buffalo. But if you'll allow me, I want to start on the Niners side because I think the game was really interesting from how the spread played out and how the talking points around the, this game moved around. So 
Go ahead. The Niners opened as dogs and closed as two-and-a-half-point favorites. And I viewed it as an overreaction to the game against the Rams. I thought that the spot for the Niners against the Rams was a solid one. A lot of people that I respect felt like they were a live dog in that game. And I've always said here that when you can, if you expect an upset, it'll really help you next week. Because you're not going to overreact. It's just what you thought would play out. And the Niners having the bye week and a lot of the, and the Rams were coming off of a short week and they were able to make that happen. And I think, Nain, a lot of people then started to buy the Niners as a lot more. And I understand that. Hmm. There's talent on this football team. Right. We always want to add more teams to the playoff race as long as it's not the New England Patriots. So I get that, right? Richard Sherman had came back. Robert Salas, you know, all mm-hmm. oh, he's going to be the defensive yeah. coordinator. He's going to move on to coach every team in the NFL. He's the new guy. He's the new guy. But I viewed it as what felt like to me an overreaction. So here's here's my question. It's a long way to get here, but here's my question. The Niners laying two and a half points. Ultimately, do we look back on that as it was an overreaction? Buffalo is a bad matchup for the Niners. The Rams are a good matchup for the Niners. How do you see these two games in unison? Because they happened back-to-back, and the outcomes were so different. The Bills' offense could not be stopped. Yeah, I hear that. Um, There were two things that I saw, however much you want to attribute this, you know, as as a reason. Um, Reasonable people can disagree. I was shocked that they did not get Debo Samuel involved earlier. He was a guy who last week, right, was like, what, 11 catches for over 130 yards. He didn't get his first catch. Believe me, I know I was needing him in fantasy. He didn't get his first catch until it was already like the second half in garbage time. He is an element to that offense that I thought really helped them last week, that role. Uh, And they didn't use it. They didn't leverage it. So that is one thing for me. The other thing I will throw at you is not a, I don't know how to measure it, Kev. I honestly don't. Mm -hmm. The San Francisco 49ers had upheaval this week. They were asked to pick up their entire operation from their home in San Francisco and move to Arizona for the next month. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means that they are now, in essence, in a bubble away from their families with the holidays on the horizon. You know, I don't know uh, how much. I don't know to what extent that upset their routine and practice. Athletes are creatures of habit, Kev. And I don't know the impact of the upheaval that happened. I don't think it is zero, though. I'll say that in terms of things that I point to in terms of why the Niners did not look the same. I was with you thinking the Rams were a good matchup against the Niners last week. And I thought the Niners would play better because we were all starting to think, hey, could they be that ascending team? I think they misused Debo. And I wonder if... If all of the all of the stuff that lay before them logistics wise, they're living in a county, Kevin, that was shut down. You know what I mean? Remember us in March and April here in New York and all the random stuff. I wonder how much that entered in. That would be my answer. I don't know how real it is, but from a human aspect, I think it mattered some. 
I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it could mess them up a bit. You know, a lot of people still like the Niners because of the East teams traveling west for a primetime game. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to think yeah. that the Bills possibly held an advantage in this matchup, which was something I was pondering the whole time. But for the Bills, so it's really just a road trip, right? It was a road trip, it's a road yeah. trip, it's a road trip. The Niners mm-hmm. had to like uproot their whole organization you know sure. what i mean like that's different. no that's what yeah. I'm, i i i think that's fair and that's i was i was saying i felt like the point spread was questioning everything that i had thought about home field advantage coming into the season the the reason that i harp on it in part is because yesterday i somehow found myself in a debate about whether jared goff was a top 12 quarterback or not yes i, was, I know i was I, <laughs> I but but i was also told that well nobody plays well against this niners defense well, Jared Goff went third. I mean, excuse me, Josh Allen went thirty-two of forty sure for did. four touchdowns, sure no did. picks. They, the Bills punted one time, one mm-hmm. time. So I'm, you know, can we a- say something about this? Because it's so twenty twenty. Also, the very first two drives of the game, right? Yeah, one team goes, it gets stopped at the one, goes for it on fourth and goal from the one, no dice. Mm-hmm. Then the other team goes back ninety-eight yards, gets stopped on the one, fourth and goal from the one. No dice. Like, like, no one's punting in 2020. It's wild the way it's evolved. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But it, I just think no, it no, it's weird. all good. But the, look, I'm I'm taking us on a road to get here. Go ahead, bro. To just Go ahead. how impressive is this Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills offensive performance? Because if yeah, we're going to hold Robert Salah and the Niners defense in, in in that regard, this is probably the best performance of his career. And it's the type of performance that changes the perception of a football team. Because the Bills have mm-hmm. been on a bit of a roller coaster of the season. Josh mm-hmm. Allen's MVP, Josh Allen's regressed. Yep. Well it looks like the roller coaster's on its way up again. Yep. It'd be a real shame if that thing were to fall back down. But they're now going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers defense next week. You know, it kind of works out mm-hmm. that these two teams are going to play each other in the next primetime game here. And the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen with that type of offensive performance, I mean, that group can hang with anybody. No, that's true. And that's, you know, listen, that's what we said, right? I said this without a Hail Mary. They're 10-2 in a game back of Pittsburgh, a game back of Kansas City. You know what I mean? I guess they would have lost to Kansas City straight up, and we'll see what a tiebreaker would be like with Pittsburgh. But you get the idea when we talk about teams and tiers, and when I talk about the long-term you know, uh, diagnosis of these teams, right? They're going through the season to get themselves and their best possible self for the playoffs to see how they stack up. Kev, what I've been saying about this Buffalo Bills team the entire season is their Achilles heel is if Josh Allen makes the huge mistake. Josh Allen played an incredibly great clean game. Right. And so for me, literally, um, it's a believe it when I see it. Right. He can do this. They can beat almost anybody. He didn't make the mistake. The question is, if he makes the mistake, how it happens. Is he prone? Remember in the playoffs last year against the Texans, throwing across his body 50 yards, you know, trying to lateral, uh, trying to scramble on third and 16, these sorts of things. Those are the things he has to not do. If he doesn't do those things, the Buffalo offense with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and a two-headed running back room and a defense that seems to be growing, Jadavion White being better and better, they're they're there and they're mixed. What, the defense? that yeah, that's the problem. I, I feel like this Bills team ultimately will end up being uh, a minute short and, and of what they needed to be because last okay. year's Bills defense, two years ago's Bills defense with this Josh. Okay. Allen, 
So it's going right. like this now? The Bills yeah, are going like this offensively? Yeah, there, there are two ships passing in the night. Unfortunately, yeah. everybody's supposed to be on the same boat. And so now you think they ultimately Buffalo, lose a playoff game like 34-31, something like that? Well, I I here's I think that if they're gonna I think they're gonna have to score a ton to win games. And the problem is if Josh Allen does turn the football <laughs> over and gets because right. here's the thing, no matter what anybody says about Josh Allen, right? Certainly here on the early line, we'll be as kind and as uh complimentary as it can be. But I know for a fact that both Dane and I, for the entire season and until the Bills season is over, in the back of our minds, we'll say, ah, yeah, but when is Josh Allen? I'll be waiting for the shoe to drop. I'll be waiting for the mistake. That's right. I'll tell you right now, let's say the Bills played like the Browns in the playoffs. And you know what I'm saying about Baker and being conservative and all that stuff. I'll tell you right now, I will take the Browns over the Bills because I see the way the Browns are doing it. And I would be waiting for the big Josh Allen mistake. The crazy thing is, though, those two teams play, and it's like you gotta bet the over, right? So yeah, it's yeah, just it's yes. a big look. It's a big result for Buffalo's confidence. This team has got off the bye, two solid performances. Next week, a real statement game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that Steelers team is going to be hungry. I look forward to that one a lot. Yeah, that is going to be big. When we come back here on the early line, we take a look at some of the other headlines in the NFL and reset the playoff picture. When we come back, get on the grid. You'll find out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge. Dane and Kevin, we're looking back at some of these Monday night football games and what it means. But remember, there was a lot of stuff that happened on Sunday. And as a result of some of the stuff that happened on Sunday, we have headlines to discuss moving into the following week. And, Kev, I was very intrigued when yesterday, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, I mentioned you had crossed the threshold of accepting or advocating or like being okay with the Eagles making a switch at quarterback. Um, And Mm -hmm. it sounds like Peterson is also maybe crossing the threshold. He was asked about his starting quarterback for this week for the Eagles, and he said he couldn't answer it. All right, he said, I'll let you know when I know there's a lot of things to consider, blah, 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 blah. Some of the things to consider, Kevin, is probably Carson Wentz's contract. That's got to be part of the equation. But if that's a part of the equation, why are you spending a second-round pick the way you did? Uh, It looks like Peterson has a decision on his hands. We saw how the Eagles looked with Jalen Hurts, albeit against a Packers prevent defense without people watching tape and stuff like that. But that touchdown throw looked good. Looked like there was a little bit of a spark here. Doug Peterson hasn't made his decision. What do you think it will be? What do you think it should be? I think it should and will be Jalen Hurts, and I think they can thank the Giants and the Washington football team for making this a very not being easy a contention decision anymore. on them. The Eagles, if they win out, would be able to get to seven wins. Right now, the odds of that team winning out have to feel incredibly unlikely. 
Now, they do have their final two games against NFC opponents, right? So you give them maybe an outside shot there, which would get them to five. Can they take one game, whether it be home against New Orleans or at Arizona? You be the judge. I don't think so, not the way they're playing right now. Here's the deal. If they're just going to play these four games, Dane, as a let's see what we have in Jalen Hurts, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go out there and get some more reps under Jalen Hurts' belt? Because what this Carson Wentz season is what it is. The only way that was going to change is if Philly got to the playoffs and he was then able to get a actual full playoff game under his belt. What Somehow, in his whole career, right, they didn't make the playoffs his first season, they made the playoffs every year. He's not played, mm-hmm. he's not played more than a quarter of football in, in the playoffs. So if that would have been the case, then you need to get Wentz to that spot. But that spot looks fleeting. We're gonna and you mentioned the contract. What well, what the Eagles should and I think do will do is let Hertz play this out, get into yeah. the offseason, get healthy yeah. on the offensive line, and let the two compete for the job next year. And I think and I think it's as simple as that. Okay, fair enough. And and to be quite honest, I agree with you. I think that is what is best for the Eagles, right? You got to see what you have in the kid, but I don't think you necessarily trade Carson Wentz because as we no. have seen, Kev, you need two quarterbacks in the NFL these days, right? And if you have Jalen Hurts and you, because of four more games of action, have a little bit more confidence in him and he becomes Taysom Hill and there's a package next year, or if Carson Wentz, who is also, you know, Struggled to play in 16 games in his career, right? Having a legit QB2 is not a bad thing if you think your team, uh, you know, is a contender. And so you think that's what it is, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts kind of battling it out in August of 2021. But still, what does that then mean for just like team construction, your allocation of resources? Because if he were to lose that competition, that's a pretty expensive damn backup quarterback, you know, the likes of which we don't see this side of Jimmy Garoppolo in the Bay Area. It. It is a very expensive backup quarterback. Although you can, you can kind of. You have to look at where you are, though, with what you created okay. in Jalen Hurts. Your contract situation or your salary cap situation is the same as if Wentz didn't fall to all hell, right? So from that angle, I think it softens the blow a bit. What's really unfortunate, though, is it negates the ultimate value if Jalen Hurts looks great over these four and then wins that job next year. You are negating the ultimate value, which is a rookie quarterback on a cheap contract. And by the way, the window on a second-round pick instead of a first-round pick is even Mm -hmm. shorter. So that's when, if Wentz were to lose that job, Philly would need to figure out about attaching assets to get off the contract and then making back good throughout free agency and opening up money elsewhere. All right, fair enough. Listen, I told you we have other headline stories here. I'm reminded, I think it was a week ago, where you mentioned in, like, the upset of early line history was that, like, you had Cincinnati ranked higher than I did. We all thought it was funny if you're part of the team here as we put the fun and functional sports content. I submit to you another thing that is the craziest, uh, you know, uh, surprise 
of all time for the early line. And that is the fact that Adam Gaze has outlasted Greg Williams in terms of employment with the New York Jets. The New York Jets have decided to fire a coach midseason after we were like, okay, it's obvious they're not going to make moves midseason because Atlanta's making a move midseason. Detroit's making a move midseason. Houston's making a move midseason. Clearly the Jets are just going to sell themselves as the kind of organization that will not do this midseason. Then they go ahead and fire Greg Williams, and they're, in essence, they're they're blaming it all on the call, right? Zero blitz, five seconds left. How could you possibly do that? Everybody wants to get their pound of flesh. Everybody wants the bloodletting to happen, and Greg Williams is without a job. Uh, the Gaze-Williams relationship was never a warm and fuzzy one anyway, but it sounds like it was Gaze himself who pulled the trigger and fired one of his coaches. Like, this is ironic, beautiful, horrible, disgusting in so many ways, Kev. But Greg Williams terminated. Looks like Bush is going to be the interim defensive coordinator. And isn't this all just a stay of execution until Black Monday when Gaze, we think, will be sent packing as well? Ironic, though, that he is the last man standing versus Greg Williams. This is the deal. Uh, they need to figure it out. The last dance be damned. I need the documentary. Please, someone tell me that you've been filming in that room. And if not, I'll I'll listen to the sit-down tell-alls. I promise I'll listen to every word. From Greg Williams to Adam Gase to Jamal Adams to Sam Darnold to Makai Becton. I promise I will listen to every single word. This has been just what a moment yesterday. You and I happened to be on a call, and you said they fired Greg Williams. Yeah, Harden. He goes, yeah, yeah. They yeah. goes, they're blaming the whole thing on him. I, oh my yep. gosh. And then to find out that it was Gase who made the, the decision. Yeah. Like, are you? <laughs> he said it. That, uh, he was like, I did. <laughs> they asked him. Like, it's wild. There's no way. There's no way that Adam Gase is making these calls. How is that possible? Like, is Joe Joe Douglas has to be? In, it's like, nah. Listen, we're going bankrupt anyway. Just let the guy do what he wants. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. How is Adam Gase making? Now, I agree with the call, and I'm sure Adam sure. Gase, it, maybe it was like a favor. They were like, listen, Adam, we know it's been ugly, but if you can fire Greg Williams, and maybe that'll help you feel better about you going Make you feel 16. better? I, I don't know, because it's that's wild. crazy that he got to make the decision. But firing Greg Williams is fine. Greg Williams has no idea what year it is. Greg Williams has been playing to stop the run now for about four straight weeks. While, like, I mean, he did it against the Chiefs, and that's how Mahomes threw five touchdowns. You know, it's actually a shame that Greg Williams isn't going to be around next week to play the Seattle Seahawks because it would have been Seattle's new MO of let's be boring and ruin everything that made us exciting in the beginning of the season against Greg Williams, who's like, I need to sell out because Dane Martinez gave me the edge and Chris Carson is the lifeblood of this offense. And what the end result of that would have been. Is Russell Wilson going over the top to DK Metcalf is what it yeah. would have been. But I got to tell you, half of me just thinks this is a, you know, a beautiful tragedy. And, and, and the other half is like, I ain't mad at Greg Williams because 
Let's put up the draft order here for the 2021 draft. I mean, honestly, there's a universe, Kev, where four years from now, where Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever it is, is as a second, third year quarterback doing like being Kyler Murray, right? Or being Deshaun Watson and the Jets are relevant again in three, four years. And some people may go back to that horrible defensive call by Greg Williams, which allowed them to choke that game away, which allowed them to stay where they are in this draft order to get, you know, their Patrick Mahomes, to get their Deshaun Watson, to get their Josh Allen, to get whoever it is, their Kyler Murray, their Justin Herbert, who will ultimately lead this franchise to brighter days. Like people have been asking me for the last 48 hours, how did I really feel? When the Raiders completed that, I was authentically like almost cheering for it because we know what this season is. And maybe this crazy zero blitz, zero coverage blitz helps the Jets ultimately get Trevor Lawrence. Perhaps. I, mean, I still think there's something to be said about the, the Jets are in a really unfair position. I, and I want to get out hmm. in front of that from a, as a non-Jets fan because – it's not going to be fair what you guys are going to have to go through for a good while, unless Trevor Lawrence throws oh, yeah. like four touchdowns in his first game. But this could all get messy before them, right? Like, here, here's how this goes, right? The Jets end up 0-16. They pick first, right? And maybe they fall in love with Justin Fields. Biggest mistake that anybody has ever made. So maybe they take Trevor Lawrence. And what happens? Well, maybe Fields is better than him. Oh, gosh, here we go. Or, right, the Jets end up winning a game, and it's their fault, right, that they went one. Like, think about this, right? And, and this is now – and it's starting to piss me off a little bit here. This is the thing. I, I Sometimes I, I actually will defend the Jets, and, and it's really starting to piss me Come off. Come on, on the train. Every single time, on, every single time though, room that you. this team, like, has, has, a, has a lead, people are like, and here go the Jets blowing Trevor Lawrence. If they go one in fifteen, I'm sorry, it's not their fault. They didn't blow it. Sorry, Jacksonville won week one and hasn't won a game since. Like the Jets have done everything in their power to make sure that they're in prime drafting position. And I'm not gonna listen to people saying, "Wow, I can't believe the Jets messed this up because they somehow beat the Buffalo Bills when in, in week sixteen. You know what? Right, right, right. They're one in fifteen. They're trying to save face, and if they happen to win that game, so be it. I just like the Jets are going to get beaten up until it's like year four, and we're positive that whomever they right. drafted is a Pro Bowl player. Right. right. And it's, like, it's unfortunate. Literally, literally, if the Jets were to draft Lawrence Fields, whatever, right? And in year one, yeah. cool. If in year two, that player, Justin Fields, is doing yeah. Kyler Murray kind of things in year two. It would not yeah. be enough, Kev. It would not be enough if they were doing Justin Herbert things in year one. If Trevor Lawrence with his long hair, just like Justin Herbert, looking like a surfer yeah. kid, was stringing together six 300-yard games, there would still be something to bitch and moan about, right? So let's just see what it looks like, how they build. They'll have a ton of draft picks. They're going to have a ton of salary cap. And quite frankly, I think this is a more attractive job opportunity than others that may be available. There's going to be like five or six out there, Kev. And I think the Jets is likely going to be, honestly, either the most or the second most coveted when you factor every all the considerations. It's going where they land in the draft will matter sure. a ton. But I also think, Dane, there might be more competition for that title 
then you're giving mm. credit. I think there might be a lot of coaches fired. A ton. All right, and we'll have plenty like Justin, of time to talk like about coach that, right? Justin Herbert. I'll let yeah. you go because I'm going to yeah. chase down a rabbit. No, that's I'll true. There's three already, already, right? There's the Chargers. There's the Bears. There's the Jets. All of whom may be ready to hit the reset button. We'll talk about it more here on the early line today, next week, next month, next year. Come on back and hear it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kevin talking a lot about football. We got a Tuesday night game to break down. We've got a ton of stuff still to break down. But can we put up that draft order again, guys? If we go back to the draft order, I want to ask you an honest question here, Kev. You know, we, we think the Jets and the Jags at the top two, right, are going to be quarterback thirsty. We know Cincy and the Chargers are not quarterback thirsty we know dallas thinks they're going to try to bring back Dak. if you believe what the jones family is saying right so maybe they they need to replenish an offensive line they need to go on defense right and then there is your philadelphia eagles who two weeks ago were in first place now you know they're, they're staring the top five six draft pick in the yeah. eye they don't need to address quarterback right um mm-hmm. They've tried to throw a lot of stuff at the wall at the wide receiver position. Five or six may be too high for the number one wide out, the Jamar Chases, the Batemans of the world. Who knows? What What's job number one for you to make, whether it's Hurts or Wentz, uh, mm. more productive? Is it to augment their weapons, to give them protection, to help bolster the defense on the other side? What are you doing if you are Philly um, moving forward? Let's continue the conversation because you're going to have a top seven pick. Yeah, you know, the the funny thing is, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you have the worst offensive line in football. Surely the dream pick is Penny Sewell. No, we just have to get our offensive line hold back. (laughs) Well, But but that's not even the point, right? If Penny Sewell's on the board, that's not the Eagles' first priority. It's the whole offensive line needs to come back. So if they were to take – the thing is, Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith are viewed so highly right now by the NFL. I actually think those two wide receivers could – warrant a top five selection if they're going to go towards the defensive side of the football patrick certain out of alabama Mm. or mika parsons who didn't play the season for penn state certain is a cornerback mika parsons is a linebacker i think both of those guys would be home run selections i wasn't kidding yesterday was a fantastic day for my mental health i love the nfl draft they knows this i love the nfl draft as much as anybody out there and now i get to figure out who my team might take inside the top seven what an absolute treat Sure, it's a little bit of a consolation prize. You can start talking about draft order like I've been talking about for the Jets all season long. (laughs) When we come back, we talk college football, we talk football, and we got a Tuesday night football game to look at as well. Jam-packed hour two coming up. 